It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Today's guest is Reigns Provost. We'll get to him here in a minute, but Justin and I are going to want to thank you all and do our thing. A little housekeeping, I guess we can call it. <laughs> doing his thing. If uh, if you like Where did what that we're doing. Come from? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know if don't I've know. ever heard that come out of your mouth. I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Something new I thought of. I don't know what. He's been thinking about it. My mouth. If you if you like what we're doing, please give us a review. Tell your friends, tell your family, so we have more than three listeners. We always say it. My mom, his mom, and my wife. Those are our three listeners. But yeah, any platform that you listen to on, uh, please give us a rating, a review. It could be a bad review. We don't care. I like to read them. I can't respond to them, which is weird. I tried to respond to one the other day, but it wouldn't let me. So, but That's weird. Any review is a review, and we'll take it. So give us your yeah. best shot. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us how we can improve. We're open for anything. You know, we're all here for the adventure. So let's get it started with Reigns. Welcome to the show, Reigns. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Good. So tell us a little about yourself, Rain. Reigns. I'm going right. to keep saying Rain because that's just Rain. I don't know why. <laughs> My name's Reigns Provost. I'm a 19-year-old bareback rider from clearly Rapid City, South Dakota. <laughs> but, uh, I love it here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're a, so you're a bear, bar, bear back writer. <laughs> yes. I can't even say it. I know. Yeah. So the PRCA, so I don't know how we'd break into this right away, but so let's, let's just go rodeo, for it. <laughs> there's a pro rodeo association and clearly I'm in the rough stock end of things. There's bareback riding, saddle bronc and bull riding. I know a tiny bit about timed events and whatnot, but uh, not enough to say that like I've, you know, I know how to tie a cow down or steer wrestle or any of that cool stuff, but rough stock events, I can tell you, you know, family and whatnot, everything I've been doing, they've all raised me around it. So <laughs> pro rodeo. I've never heard it referred to as rough stock events. What, is, what does that actually mean? Rough stock events means that well, uh, so a rough stock event is you get a wild animal and you're going to tie yourself to it for eight seconds. I'm sure you guys are right on that. But the the professional view on it is, well, there's a stock there's a stock contractor, and usually all your riders that are entering these rodeos they're they're riding against the stock contractor. The stock contractor's goal, in my opinion, is to buck you off. And in my opinion, it's you know for us as riders is to stay on that horse but or bull being and the rough stock of end of things is well 50 points go to the bull or horse whichever decide like decision you decide to make in a saddle a bareback again or you know a bull riding rope so um when when i when people ask me what does rough stock mean i usually sit back in my seat and kind of think about it because it's it's funny but it's just wild animals. There's no way to put it. It's the it's the bare knuckles of the rodeo, I believe, and everyone wants to see it. It's the flash. It's the, I mean, to be honest, when I go to rodeo, I don't really want to see a rope being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> I know they always save the last, the the you know the the big events like the bull riding and the 
the bronc ride and they save that stuff for the last yeah and it's yeah i don't really know why that that why that is because i wish they had them just the whole rodeo i wish they did it for hours on it i love that (laughs) so much i can watch it countless so how did you get into this this seems pretty exciting um was it a lifestyle were you born into it explain how you got into it so my story compared to a lot of maybe other kids you hear from you know is not really like just uh there but uh, i was mainly in the city from ever since i can remember uh i've been in the city or i've been housed off kind of not really going out until probably about 17 when i moved in with my dad and uh, he just brought it to my attention that you know he rode bulls and stuff and you know being that young i wasn't really doing much i was wrestling and i didn't i wanted to do more you know i wanted to take some something else on and he told me about his old bull riding stories and stuff. And I decided to give it a shot. And well, I'm 19 now. I've only been doing it a couple of years, but that's, that's how I got into it. <laughs> it's just a little jump on, uh, well, I wasn't raised around it. And then my dad gave me the idea and yeah, stuck ever since. So your dad, your dad rode bulls. Yes, sir. Did he, was he a pro or how long, how long has he been riding bulls? Uh, when, my dad rode bulls his whole life. So he, he grew up around it with my grandpa's and, uh, I never, never got the luxury of that, but, um, he always told me stories, you know, he rodeoed and Indian rodeoed really, he never pro rodeoed or went into that because, uh, you know, he's just got took away with just every bull riding injury and stuff. So he gave that up, but he, nice. yeah, that's, that's that. So what made you go into bull or uh, bareback riding instead of bull riding like your dad? Um, right off the rip, uh, in my eyes, it was not like it. I wanted to do something, but I wanted to do something, you know, that he didn't bring to my attention. You know, as a stubborn kid, that's how I viewed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, well, I want to do something, but yeah. something you don't know about. But uh, talking about bull riding, you know, he always told me they stepped on him, they broke his ribs, they rolled on him, and bulls are just nastier ends like a nastier end of the arena in my opinion but uh horses like they were skimfery and me i've always liked horses a tad bit more so that's what made me pick was just <laughs> head over heels i don't really like bulls are kind of scary to be honest <laughs> you always see them like if you go to a rodeo you always see them just like kicking the the fences and the gates and stuff and it's just like oh my gosh exactly it's it's wild i love it though i do like watching those rodeo clowns getting uh getting in the way and saving the saving the riders or getting their own ass kicked <laughs> bullfighters do a lot for them guys i tell you what <laughs> cowboy yeah, is crazy yeah i didn't realize it till i started I, I don't know how i got on youtube and i saw some like top clown saves of 2022 and <laughs> holy cow those guys just get ragdolled one after another and <laughs> they save the rider most of the time. Oh yeah. They, they do it all the time. That's their, they love that. For some reason you meet one of them bullfighters, you know, they, they're wild guys. They don't care whatever they get in front of them. That's the same as jumping in front of a car in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Way an more car. than a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a car that wants to kill you. <laughs> exactly. One that's coming at you. Yeah. It doesn't have brakes. <laughs> Or an operator. Your ex-girlfriend, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, 
what's the difference between uh, riders with the saddle than I understand the whole saddle thing. Are, are those horses, are those wild horses too, or are they trained oh, yeah. horses? Oh yeah. So this, this is crazy how this works, but uh, right off the rip with bucking horses, you know, they're not trained at all. They're just left alone. Like that's the best part about it is they've already got that breeding in them since the minute they hit the ground. But uh, usually when you train a horse, you know, you, you see these guys training horses, it's the ones that are being rode. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so one second here. It's all right. Uh, you need to, what? I don't know. It's not, buddy. I'm busy. One second, please. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. My little brother needs a charger. No worries. But, uh, it's all right. It's live. Okay, can we revive you? Can we revive you? Well, I was just asking. Uh, you were in. You were. You were talking about the. I asked if the the saddles, the wild horses too, and you were explaining. Okay, there we go. There we go. So I was right at the point where you know, right off the rip, when they bring you horses, usually at a pro event, they're going to be older horses, or at an open rodeo, you're going to see more or less like a range of aged horses. But uh, the weird thing about it is in the bareback riding, they don't get a halter. There's this, That's just the simple difference is the ones that get the halter, uh, which is, you know, saddle bronc riding, when they get a halter and the horses will have like a little deal under it. I'm trying to use my head as the horse's head. <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah, they get a halter and then the bareback riding horses, they don't, they don't get no mask or nothing to help them buck. Usually saddle bronc horses too are usually bigger and hawk and in height too so that way the rider can get to the front end easier and it helps the horse you know stay in i guess shape you know and doesn't ruin the horses as they're being bucked as well oh that's interesting so so the 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 saddle broncs they they have a halter on have they had a halter? yeah um right right when they're born obviously you're going to give them up until they're four years old to even bring them to an event but the thing is, is they haven't even put a halter on them and probably until your first performance because, or even at a high school rodeo or something, wherever they're taking them to and their first event, they're going to put the halter on and they're going to do it at the rodeo because that horse's nerves are, you know, just the same as a human being. You practice like you play and that's how them stock contractors take it. But uh, the, usually if they want to start a saddle bronc course, they'll take a bareback course. It's probably way bucky or doesn't really buck much and they're going to put that halter on there and test them and see if maybe they buck harder maybe they buck a little less you know that that's kind of how they dictate their horses too you know they can flop them around uh stock contractors buy numerous horses at a time to train and in your eyes might be training it's you know they right off the rip they're getting a halter at, a, at their first events is what i see from it so the when you were read the the bareback, these what makes them buck? The flank strap and the flank the strap. Flank, okay. Yeah, the flank strap is, and I, I you guys probably even heard it. They say they tie it around their nuts, and, and it's, <laughs> it doesn't. It never went around their nuts. It goes like <laughs> right around their hips, kind of like tightening a belt, or like right on your hips. You know, you put a belt on there and you tighten it. It's kind of a you can suck a lot of air out of your hips instead of your, you know, your uh, bones, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's how they see it is we're right on their hips. And then that's usually where that kick and extension comes from because they don't like that one bit. 
So once oh. once the ride is through, they uh, there's there's two guys on horses that come around and they pull those off, right? So those are pickup men. Okay. The pickup man, uh, usually right after I'm done riding as a bareback rider, I will grab down for two. And usually that's where I'm taking a yank in, you know, going through the motions to get off this thing. And usually the pickup man is job is the one that one's going to ride up to you and be right next to you and kind of just make sure you get out of that rigging nice and safe. So that way, when you're done on him, you can just reach over and grab off and you ride the horse with him for a second and step down onto the arena dirt safely instead of cracking your head. <laughs> like <back. laughs> And then the other one, he's chasing the horse, kind of making sure he stays moving because if a horse is kind of going and then stopping and then it's not really a fun ride and it could lead to you just, you know, staying in the arena for an extra minute or so when the performances need to roll on. <laughs> So when they pull those uh, the flank uh, straps off, do they usually stop stop bucking? No, they don't. St- some of them have a lot of heart, and usually <laughs> they just keep going without it, with or without it. But uh, most of them, you know, they need that. And usually, yeah, when you take it off, them older horses will stop, and they'll just want to go home after that. Yeah. <laughs> How often does a How horse get you- rode in every uh, rodeo? Is it like one ride per? Or? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that was perfect. <laughs> Usually, you know, at every rodeo I've been to, it, you line up next to about 15 bareback riders. At, and uh, uh, what I've learned is you you got to really pick them out right away because they're probably doing extra snazzy things. But uh, most of them make rides these days. They're all becoming athletes. You know, they're picking up the dumbbells and putting down the cigarettes like back in the day. So it's doing a lot healthier. I mean, you can expect a ride now, any rodeo you go to my opinion or all the guys are probably in tip top shape ready to do it now in my opinion yeah no i meant like a horse how many uh how many rounds does a horse do per rodeo oh so usually the rodeos i go to like a double header um one day you know they'll they'll have a performance and if that that horse bucks this person off that horse is probably going to go to a short round so there's a long round and a short round and a two header as well if we could chain into that but so the oh crap i lost my train of thought can you remind me again sorry <laughs> i was just talking about how um, me all the time yeah how um how many how many uh riders does one horse have per rodeo oh yeah yeah oh yeah easy okay so usually every performance one horse one rider like they just want a night every just like us we want to perform once in a night usually you can get on two in a day double headers but uh usually them them horses they just they buck out once and they send them off back home because they have oh, okay. some yeah this is, this is the rodeo i gotta tell you what man this stuff's so chaotic i love it <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this because like i said we we know nothing about this in here in line no, up. and I'm sure our listeners are like, uh, ask this question, ask this question. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're probably yelling, yelling at the at their headphones. <laughs> so the uh, when these horses, um, so if someone just raises them, then they get hired out from the guy that owns these horses. Is that how it works when they show up to the rodeo? Yep. Yeah, so the well, usually the rodeo is doing the buying. You know, they're the so 
the guys probably have the arenas there's arena directors or big there's so many different things to this pro rodeo that i wish i drew you up a book <laughs> and <laughs> and it's like right now i i wrote down what i could to tell you but uh, this arena directors they they'll pay the stock contractor and they'll just say you know buck these guys off or you know however he wants he's like oh maybe i want some flashy horses for these guys to learn on that's usually how that goes with them is there like known stock contractors so like do you say this rodeo is known for these crazy bucking horses oh yeah do they have uh, a guy they go to for these horses um well there's so many big different strains like with bucking horses that everyone owns a different horse or you know everyone has their own but uh the thing with bucking stock is that they're that when they become a stock contractor you obviously are going to need whatever licenses and businesses and stuff to get yourself to that point and uh when you get there my guess would like on it all on the stock contracting end of things would be that they <laughs> I, I can't even really explain it that to be honest actually it's just like yeah, I don't know how to explain this one because it's. Okay. I guess the bigger end is like, if a guy raises better horses, is he going to get paid more, or is he going to be called out more to these bigger events? Well, the the place, uh, Servi Rodeo. Let me start there. All right, we'll start with how where I learned. I guess we'll start right Perfect. off. The- where, with where I learned is Ace Academy, which is Servi Championship Rodeo horses. Now, Servi Championship Rodeo is been told, you know, they they run Rodeo Houston, like you said, you've been to, and uh like all these big rodeos and all the bucking horses they've had is insane because they there's just so many of them with them. Like they have different colored horses, this and that, but these big rodeos, Ace Ace Academy had taught me how to do this because of their numerous amount of horses. By that I mean like they got from Cheyenne Frontier Days. I'm sure you guys heard about that rodeo, like big yeah. rodeo. Well, with those names come like Frontier Rodeo because Cheyenne Frontier Rodeo, you know, they they just Frontier Rodeos, usually the closest to them, big rodeos. And uh Servies buys most of them, or you know, they're they're in with most of them. And what I've learned is these these horses are uh like from everywhere. There's just so many, like a survey championship rodeo showed me how to get down on a horse or even you know start or put my hand in a rig in a cowboy protection whenever i sit on a bucking horse and like i i don't even know where this is going because it's it's i'm sorry guys I'm, that's my bad <laughs> that's all right so so you you went somewhere to learn how to ride the horses yeah or do this Okay. So, all right. Yeah. I'll just start from my roots. I I guess I'm nervous because I don't want to like stay in the lines of everything, but I'm going to loosen up here for a second and just (laughs) do what you got to do. Yeah. It's on camera, I think. So that's the only thing, but, uh, um, yeah. So when I started right off the way, I was with my buddies or whatever, and I got on their horses at home, which are just plain old saddle horses. And uh, my dad was going through ads one day and I seen this ad on my Facebook about this Ace Academy and I wasn't, I was just getting into it. So I didn't really know much as well. I was kind of just learning everything, watching every video I could to get into it. Just 
trying to trying to learn to be a cowboy right away before I got to it. And uh, when I did that, my dad had asked me, you know, are you serious? Do you want to ride bucking horses? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he's, you know, he's asked me numerous times over and over again, are you sure? Like you, you ready? Like and it was getting into me, into my head a little bit. And then I see, <laughs> yeah. So I see this ACE Academy deal and well, they had some rank horses, you know, they just, and my head, I was like, Whoa, that horse is kicking over the moon. And this is just crazy madness. And like this place made me want to go ride bucking horses. And, uh, I remember my dad, he was, he was more excited than me actually, cause he signed me up. And, uh, when he signed me up, it was just a bigger, <laughs> it was just like a bigger moment right there. Cause I knew I was going to get on bucking horses finally. So I got there and, uh, right off the bat, like they, these, everyone was so greeting and, uh, I was nervous, you know, I had a cowboy hat that was too big for my head. And I was just, <laughs> yeah, so I was nervous to be getting on horses and meeting new people and everyone was so nice and it was just new and socially like you wanted to be there. So I when I was there, it was I gotta say it was just a big energy moment that kind of made me want to ride bucking horses from there on out. That was a pretty cool deal. I mean, I I remember the first horse I got on actually at this Ace Academy when we showed up. He was, it was Y97 of service. And, uh, I, I was nervous to the, to the guts. Like I couldn't even explain to you guys how nervous I was and, uh, it, <laughs> all the energy, you know, these Cowboys are kind of making you feel like you can do it. So you're, you're in your mode and you're getting there. Well, whenever I was there, the, the, my energy was scared. I was skimpering around still and I was everyone's talking to me. So it's time to go. And then I remember they loaded Y97 into the bucking shoot. Now it was, it, it was real. It was getting real. It was, time was coming closer. And, uh, I put my hand down on this rigging and Kelly Timmerman at the time, which is probably also one of the greatest coaches. I'll talk about him later. And, uh, whenever I was there, uh, he's in my ear, you know, he's like, this is your first time. Right. And this, you're, this is, this is real, dude. You get here, you know, get, get mentally with it. And I tied my hand to this horse. And I remember, you know, oh, nerves everywhere because the room went black whenever I was sitting on the wild animal, it's <laughs> just new and adrenaline filled. And I was like, Whoa, this is going to be a, this is going to be a ride. So I remember he's, he just said something that kind of clicked with me. It was like, you can do this. And like my dad had filled my head too, like before I even started that I, I can do it and you, you can make it. So I was right off the way. I was just it right there is just every little thought from my dad, him, it was just going into this leaned back and I nodded my head and surprisingly did really well. I, I went out there, the horse started running right off the, right off the way. And, uh, she, just sat up by that. I mean, like she just stomped to her, like where she was into the dirt. And then she just went straight up in the air. And for a bareback rider, it's nice when they stay in one spot. Cause you don't got to do a whole lot of working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was really nice to get going with that. And right after I remember she fell over cause I, I, the adrenaline was kicking. So it was just black, but she rolled and fell over and it, it like I snapped out of it. I just came back to the arena and I was like, Whoa, she got up. And that was the first time, first time I got on like back up on her. 
and this is my first ride i meant to say is <laughs> she kept going and i couldn't get under my rig and so i ended up getting knocked out for my very first one. Oh no <laughs> yeah, wow <laughs> Yeah, so it tested my it tested my ability right away if I wanted to keep doing it. So I bet you were hooked though after that. Like there was, oh, you, you didn't think about anything else. That was just oh yeah, like after watching sleep video, and breathe. Yes, like right after like watching the video and everything. It was just after waking up, obviously, and just watching the video it was like, wow, I did that. Like I really, I really did that. Like and then it was like I want to do more of it, and I found something I'm good at naturally, kind of thing. Yeah. How long is the school? The the schools are usually three day clinics. So oh, they, so that's just a three day deal then. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like coaches and everything too, like a football camp for three oh, days. Okay. Teach you everything they can, just feed it into you. And the best part about those schools that I went to were free. So you got to learn for free. Oh, nice. Did uh, how many times did you ride at the school? The school I've went ever since I've started. So, Oh, so you've gone multiple times. Yeah. I've gone a couple of times. I went to a, they've, they've hosted so many different events, but their schools mainly are in Stoneham, Colorado. And, uh, right. Uh, their events that I've been to are like their pro rodeos in the CPRA, which is the Colorado pro rodeo association, or they do like other rodeos that way to steamboat and whatnot. And yeah. That's Cermes and Ace Academies. They do all kinds of, I don't know. They do all kinds of cool stuff now that I look at it because they they do podcasts and stuff too and champion living and fitness and it's a cooler deal. It was interesting you were saying that. I, I, did, I never thought about, you know, with other type of sports or stuff you do, you, you kind of just work up to whatever you're doing. As for running, you know, we go out on training grounds and, there's not any danger immediately involved. I never thought about you just having to get up on that horse that you don't know anything about <laughs> and the opening the gate. Yeah. And your whole non for dear life. I, that just amazes me. It's that's crazy to think about it. How, I mean, how could they prepare you before that without getting on that horse? Is there any like machines or. Oh yeah. Um, so right right when i started you know like i was more worried about that too it was like what what would i buy you know like what do what i need to, to do this without actually getting on a horse because i want to be good at it the first time i do it i ended up buying a spur magic from barstow rodeo so they make like a there's so many different machines to learn that are shaped like a horse or even machines that are shaped like bulls but uh the ones i've watched and like came from was the first site i looked on which is barstow pro rodeo they have all your gear needs and whatnot and uh i seen a spur magic so those those spur magics are like boards that look like withers of a horse you know to get down your mechanics and you know you could sit in your room doing it for hours on end just training your mind to do it and they got link weavers which are mechanical ones that break over for you you just push a button and it'll it'll reenact like a horse and you could just sit there and spur on it just like you would at home and or a horse at a rodeo you know that's those are pretty cool i i don't have one of those those are expensive but <laughs> i guess that's still not even close to being the same though as getting on a a real live horse uh like i from my eyes, like I've, I've heard so many different thoughts on these. Cause you know, right off the way, 
it's you can't just get the adrenaline from the the machine but uh in my head i believed that the machine was kind of the scarier thing because that reminded me what i was doing so <laughs> it was kind of yeah. like oh you are doing this like you got to learn to do this and you got to be good at it kind of thing but i i think that like the the spur boards are probably just they i think the spur boards just help you do better with the horses and i think that like the nerves are both ways even just just reminding yourself you're gonna ride wild horses is enough <laughs> so so take us through your first uh event that you went to where was that and you know how old you were and leading up to that how did you train for that okay so the my my very first event was and this is crazy but uh high school rodeo i joined the rodeo club before i even rodeoed so right off the way they were telling me this is how things go and just you're a part of this team and this is how the point system works and that's high school rodeo there's points and teams and you win state titles but i'll get into that later but um my first rodeo it was in Kadoka, South Dakota, actually, and it was the high school rodeo. And I remember it like it was yesterday because I was the only one with like brand new gear and everyone else, you know, looked like they had some wear and tear and everything. <laughs> and one that had, you know, the the nice shaps that didn't even have a cut in them yet or the glove that probably didn't even get used on a horse yet. So, so everybody's looking at you like, Rook. Yeah, like, <laughs> this guy, man, who is he? <laughs> That's, Don't even have a speck of dust on you. Yeah, that was exactly it. We can tell those uh, those people in our sport too. Don't worry. Yeah. We have people transfer <laughs> over from from road running to trail running. We're like, yep. <laughs> and oh, I guess I'll just keep telling you about it. I'm sorry. I was just, yeah, let's hear it. I just had to itch my head for a second. So. <laughs> Whenever I was there, my first event was actually the most crazy one, you know, being back there in my head, because it was like, this is going to actually happen. You know, you're going to be in front of people now. It's not like you're at home and you're, you know, making up big scenarios in your head and having fun. It's like, now you got to kind of do it and hope that you don't make yourself look a fool in my head, at least at the time I was thinking that and though. That horse I got on that day, I remember, just bucked me off. It was plain as day. I didn't second one that same day because they had taken a perf break for about six hours. I buck off. But how I worked up to that, and at the time, I was, well, working out every day with my Uncle Justin. And uh, the thing was, is <clears throat> before that, he was telling me first, and he didn't even ride horses, is you need to be prepared mentally. And I didn't know that. That mentally to ride bucking horses you got to be in you got to be in tune with yourself before you can go trying to ride another wild animal or you know tame some kind of energy like that you've got to be mentally ready and the best way to ride bucking horses to be mentally ready has got to be getting bigger biceps to hang on to those things <laughs> That's exactly, exactly how he told me and it stuck was just yeah that is right and i i trained every day actually he pick me up 530 and uh, we go to the gym right off the rip. We're doing the explosive workouts. But then again, you know, before it, I would, I would just tone. So a week before my rodeos, I'd tone all my muscles down to relax them because you're about to take a yanking. So you got to be a little bit ready for it. <laughs> that, 
and uh, yeah, my nerves with the training side of thing you greatly go away to just just be there. You know, it's, you got you got to have some kind of like little route to burn your body because yeah, them horses are going in my head. They're going 900 miles an hour in real time. You know, it's just like you got to be physically fit to at least hang on to a rocket ship or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I don't. Another one. Any other questions? So, uh, what do you think the riding is mentally? Like we always say, running is ninety-five percent mental, or ninety to ninety-five percent mental, and the rest is physical. You were saying you got to show up mentally prepared. So, yes. what do you think it is for percentage-wise for riding crazy riding. horses? Oh, mentally, like. The, the, to the physical and mental side of things and just the whole way I view rodeo and what it takes is it's like my coach Kelly Timmerman said, it is 90% mental and it's 10% physical, but it's becoming more, you know, like uh, with all these crazy athletes, you know, they're making it 75, 25 is how they want it now. But it, uh, how I view it is 90% mental, 10%, you know, physical, because you, you got to, have a strong mind in order to ride a bucking horse. Like you gotta be a little crazy too, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta kinda have your poop in a group. Like anyone can get angry. You can be an angry fella like all you want, but you're gonna get humbled by an animal, you know, and, and there's one out there. That's how I see it. And you gotta be able to take on that humbling and that giving and you know, all of it in my head and that physical part, you know, if you can do 25 push ups and you know, if you're wild enough and you think you could do it, go get on a horse. I don't blame you. <laughs> I can do 25 push ups, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to get on a horse. Me, me either. <laughs> yeah. So after that, was that first, uh, oh, sorry, Robbie, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to oh. say after that first rodeo and you got bucked off is did that kind of, uh, discourage you or did that even pump you up even more to like all right i gotta i got something to prove now oh so after this is how it kind of clicked with me is because you know right off the way it was like my dad it right when he was telling me his bull riding stories it it wasn't that i ever seen it like just you know rodeo is going to be a big deal or whatever but uh my dad he's just Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Let me start from the beginning because this part makes me kind of like smile and chuckle in a way. So if you could ask a question again while I laugh at it. <laughs> All right. So right, right after I got off that first one, I got, I walked back to my dad and I was like, so what do I do? Because I've been working out, you know, like what, how do I make it? How do I make myself stay on right off the way? It was just don't be a pussy. <laughs> yeah right off the way it was just don't be and it kind of was like am i being a pussy like did i let go out there did i and that makes you question so it was right off from here and that it it was more than just like you're being a pussy it was like i'm gonna show you something and it it wasn't really that either because it took off into the like i love this you know it's that was madness like it, right there it's uh, for me, it just, it's, everything's going away from you and it takes everything away and you can fight as hard as you want with that animal and it's not going to quit either. That's how I view it at least. <laughs> but you, yeah. you were talking about, um, they're trying to make a 75, 25. Are they just trying to 
put it in there that if you're physically fit and stronger that you can hold on longer? I mean, from my perspective, I think that those athletes are doing a great deal, you know, making Cowboys get into the more physical side of things. Cause yeesh, you know, like it, you can see some of them, they'd be surprised that they're even still riding horses around, you know, they have such bad knees and the, the physical side of things, how I see it is I don't mind that they're making it 75, 25 because that 25 is starting to stretch a long, like a long way. It's putting longevity on most of these driver, like riders careers, in my opinion, about 10 extra years, just cause you know, they, they worked out that knee instead of, you know, just getting on another horse. And that's in my opinion, that 75, 25 is going to be a big play or even go 50, 50 because athletes are getting strong and horses are getting stronger, but I, athletes just kick ass and mentally they do it. So <laughs> athletes. Are... What is the longevity of uh, a bronc rider in sport? Uh, most of them, you know, it depends on injuries. Clearly some of them get cut short. So mainly the ones you hear about that go through a good, honest career, 35 and they're, they're probably quitting out now that, you know, athletes are taking over. It's starting to push you. You're seeing 50 year old bull riders. <laughs> you're starting. Wow. To, yeah. So they're starting even that's, that's what's crazy to me now is like, you know, now people that are even physically inclined, they see this bucking horse madness and they want to do it. So. So, so take us to where you're at now. Um, are you a, are you a pro now? Yes, sir. I was, so I'm on my PRCA permit and, and that is just like the, you're, you're fresh, you're new. And for me, I haven't even started any pro rodeos, uh, on my new permit of this year. So last year I had a permit and I rode a bucking ball and like, I haven't really gotten into the pro rodeo side of things yet fully because I'm going, I'm actually going to Bozeman, Montana tomorrow because I'm an MSU Bobcat for rodeo. So I'll be college rodeoing with them. So. So you're, you're, so you're in college with Bozeman? Yes, sir. Oh, nice. So, so how did you get to where you are now? Uh, take us through that journey. Um, like how many rodeos you've done, how you worked up and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, uh, how many, how I've, where I've got to where I'm getting now is honestly like back to kind of where my first rodeo was is right after that, I kind of knew what it took physically and mentally and at first rodeo, I got right back in the gym, started stomping out my spur board. <laughs> I wanted to be like, well, and my buddies too, you know, they were really influencing now that I say that because right off the rip, I told them, I was like, this is what my dad said. And they were laughing and that's a good community, you know, cause it felt like I was understood or like I was meant to be there. And that's funny for me to say, but usually, you know, people step into it and they're not really like there and me, I was all but there and 16 got on the first one yeah i go to training and i go to my next one and it was a week later in wall south dakota and wall south dakota it was regional rodeos buck off just keep bucking off like it it was just the first year kind of vibe it was bucking off and trying to like stay in tuned but uh i was beat myself mentally every time and trying to get physically strong to do it and I got to wall, kept bucking off. Yeah, like I said, I got to wall, bucked off, kept going down the other rodeos, bucking off. Mentally was not having it. 
working out was making me feel great. And, but it felt like for every workout I was doing, it felt like I was losing a horse for some reason. <laughs> and then right, right in my, the end of my first year, I, I was at the state final. So I had qualified on the last regional rodeo my first year and I had rode one. So that was my first year, my first year I had rode one, the final rodeo at the regional rodeo. So it was like kind of, kind of funny how it worked because whenever I qualified, it was on a runner. It didn't really do much. So we, you could have just imagined me, some Mexican musical and maybe yeah. (laughs) Right. Whenever I got done off of that, my dad was like, you did it. You rode one. And for some reason that made me want to do it more. And we got to the (laughs) finals, you know, and it was like, wow, I'm at the state finals. I've committed to state and something. And well, uh, I remember first day right off the bat, I seen this big horse and I, I happened to be the one getting on it because I was looking at it there and it just was fate. And it was like, well, bucked off. And the next day I buck off in the short round. So there's three rounds at the state finals finals. I, I got on him and actually this is where it clicked because instead of just riding them and being stiff, like I usually was, I, it, it was almost crazy how it works. Even my dad, asked me what like what happened because right away it just took off i i instantly started spurring on my 12th horse because i bucked off right in my first year 11 times and this 12th horse it works and usually it takes riders to 60 horses (laughs) and that's in my head that was you know like a big accomplishment right there so i started spurring a horse instead of falling off and i made it all the way to the other end of the arena and a whistle and the crowd cheering like i was so confused and from there it fueled me up to keep going and uh, i remember i got invited right after that to go to the belfouche roundup which is a big pro rodeo and they invited me to be a part of a top four and that which were high school kids that were there so which when the high school kids were there um we were we were all lined up and there was four saddle bronc riders and four bareback riders and there was i don't know if you guys ever been to belfouche roundup but there was a crowd just amounts i couldn't even explain to you guys and uh i was nervous because this was going to be my 13th and this was crazy to me that i was at a big pro rodeo or even got invited i'd never I thought maybe, you know, you had to be doing this for your whole life or be a little bit better than I was. And, uh, it was almost like fate again. Uh, I'd be telling people is it was almost like fate again, where <laughs> I got on a nice horse that day and I actually got second at a pro pro rodeo in my head. And, uh, it, from there, it just like made me think right away. It was like, I can do this, like, and I can do this really good compared to the other kids. And it was like, you know, it was not like right away I was worried about my competition. It was, I can just do this. And it was, it was just a perfect thing for me. So right after that, I remember going to an ACE Academy because I was, you know, learning things and figuring things out. And I got on another, I got on the horse that first originally knocked me out and we rematched and I finally took the habits of, you know, riding her better than I did the last time compared to the first time. And that's, that was, that was probably the, another clicking point because I, it felt like mentally I was unlocking everything after with my training. And after that, it, it, it kind of roots to even now, because 
coaches started picking up on my second year that I, I had really good mechanics and they didn't, I wasn't winning crazy amounts of rodeos throughout high school or, you know, opens, but my name was getting out there in the, in the basis of this, this kid can ride because he's doing it in the time that, it, you know, it probably took them other kids two or three years. And that, that was really nice. Cause <laughs> my second year, I, I honestly don't even know. I remember getting to the regionals that year and I broke my collarbone. I think it was the last regional rodeo. So there's two regional rodeos and the first one I rode at. And then the second one, second round, I broke my collarbone and set me out for a couple months. And then coming back around March, I just decided to get back on again. Like I didn't even want to wait because it, it just felt like I wasted my year, not going to the state finals, you know, the your second year after making it your first. And, uh, that was like right there that just made me want to win more rodeos. And surprisingly, that's what I did. Uh, I, I got my collarbone figured out and then started entering a bunch of open rodeos around here in South Dakota, just kind of wanting to keep improving really. And well, the first, I remember my first, like the last semester of my senior year, I got a call from Odessa, Texas. And this is where colleges started coming in and, you know, and asking for certain things, you know, just big. And that was kind of where, like, also it, my career just felt like it was going up every time. And I surprisingly, and I haven't done it long, but I've done it in the short amount of time. And I've seen so, so many like different rodeos and sites in Indian. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even go without as many, uh, rodeos I've attended that I haven't even rode at <laughs> and it, it it's crazy to say but like when I started I always I, I always wanted to to be a part of something and rodeo instantly made that made me feel that and it wasn't it wasn't a uh, hard for wasn't hard for me so I don't know what else to really go on about I'm sorry guys I lost it no, it's all good. I just, I have a question. Like when you, when you play second or if you, you won, um, your rodeo, like what, what do you get from that? Man, well, when you win a rodeo, you could get a buckle, you know, they, they give saddle blankets, like extra things that you'd see at home or, you know, if you're around it stuff you might need. So they'll, when you win a rodeo, they'll give you a buckle, obviously. Uh, my first buckle, my first high school, like buckle deal was, I won a buckle in like a $65 check. I think it was. And then I went to a pro rodeo and I got on there and I won 500 bucks. And then I went to different ones and they there's buckle series is in their saddles. And I, I haven't even got my hands on most of the big hardware around the world where it's a hundred thousand dollars touch buckle. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's crazy amounts. Okay, sorry about that, guys. See, we have something in common. <laughs> yeah. So, so in uh, in our the the running we do, we uh we run ultras, which that's usually the race is over thirty one miles, depending whatever distance. Fifty k is thirty one miles. Fifty miles, of course, fifty miles. Hundred k is sixty two miles. <laughs> then most hundred mile races give you a buckle. So, ultra <laughs> runners are going after buckles too. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. 
How do you get? So these are some of the. <laughs> Those are awesome, though. So, the, we always ask, you know, when we have our running guests on, what do you do with your buckles? I just, I'm gonna be honest with me, I don't do much. I just leave them in their like cases, and I'll just set them in the closet. he's done for i'll probably you'll get another one out of there so this is my very wear some of them yeah just just to wear around i love wearing mine yeah we justin and i wear ours too yeah we're all cowboys here (laughs) (laughs) so so what's been your biggest accomplishment so far you felt You've done. And my, and, uh, my biggest accomplishment so far in my head is <laughs> so far is going to college for it. And, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. Just going to college for it in uh, university mainly, you know, that, that's going to help me get out there in the world and the pro rodeo stuff too. So is that like a, do, do they do sponsorships for college? Is it like a full ride or how does that well, work? Uh, so the, yeah, so luckily me, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting paid for, uh, the college coach reached out to me. It, well, I reached out to him originally and, uh, that's because he, I did not accept his letter of intent back in March. I just waited. So I just didn't accept his letter of intent. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've going through a transfer process and then I got there with him. So wait, okay. What, what'd you say again? Sorry. I forgot what I was going on about. Oh no! I think you answered the question. I was just asking if uh, you got a full ride scholarship, or do they do they do full ride scholarships for rodeo? Oh yeah, so yeah, they do do full ride scholarships for the rodeo. My bad. That's all good. So, uh, how do you, how do you become pro? Um, honestly, it's just an association you can join at eighteen year, years old if you want to do it. Uh, and no, it's you don't even really have to be raised into it or anything, but uh how I've viewed it is like, you got to kind of be ready when you're ready to go get on pro ponies and stuff. Cause the college horses, the pro professional, I believe are about the same caliber or dang close, you know, cause they want you to be moving up to that if you're going to get into it in college. And then, uh, I believe that like high school horses and whatnot stuff too, are a little bit less rank and whatnot. And so you can just, you can just pay your money and get the membership and, start riding pro yep yep but thing is with the the pro rodeo stuff is like right off the way like what you guys can do it like it's really real like you can go click on pro professional rodeo cowboys right now and get signed up to get on a bull whenever you want that i'll, pass. <laughs> I'll help i'll help you guys don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my back, you know. <laughs> Mine's the neck problems in the bareback ride. I don't, I don't know about. You see, whiplash is what I get. I was gonna say whiplash. Yeah, yeah it hurts. It's not fun when they take your head away from you. <laughs> what kind of uh, safety equipment do you wear while you're riding? I got a gear bag if you want to look through it. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the the gear. Um, uh, the main piece that I use as a bareback rider, I'll just say this as a bareback rider, because that's what I'm <laughs> in tune with. 
you get a bareback rigging. And the thing about a bareback rigging is it's a suitcase type handle that goes on the back of a horse. So it's not like a saddle like you or a rope. It is a suitcase type handle. And uh, the thing is, is I'll take a two inch thick, you know, or maybe not even that, it, just a half inch thick leather glove. And I'll put that on my hand. And usually I'll have a front tit in my words, it's, which is actually just a leather nipple on the front or back. And it's, it runs from the back end of my hand to the front. And it, this is how it looks. And it's a suitcase handle that I'm just jamming my hand into. If I could give you that visual. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So the, you need your rigging, you need a glove, you're going to need the uh, shaps, you know, to kind of, help that horse stoke or keep yourself snazzy you're gonna need boots and spurs to the boots and spurs are the hard parts of the the hard parts of being a bareback rider because you need to be able to hang on to a horse with your feet but you can't do that in just plain boots otherwise that horse is probably gonna beat you every time you're gonna need something to grab onto him with and that's what those spurs are for and then from there you get your vest you need a vest because these horses might cast you 30 feet in the air (laughs) back and yes whiplash is a very real thing with a bareback rider it always feels like i'm just looking up or full everything's going forward not my head's not there so you need a neck roll and obviously a mouth guard it's just like boxing sometimes it feels like a boxing match and another like a lot of guys too these days have uh, elbow braces so like they got a big brace on their arms and i don't got one of those i just tape my arm with plain tape but they have a arm brace that you know them horses are so strong in their opinions that you need a block of tape and you need to be able to hang on <laughs> with a whole cast is what i think about those but do you wear a helmet i do not oh okay this is this is the thing that gets put on there with me. So let's, let's <laughs> just put those a cowboy with, hat. <laughs> yeah, it's cowboy hat. Yeah. The, I didn't know the spurs were to help you hold on. Um, I guess you know all the the people that don't like rodeo say the spurs are to kick the horse, which I didn't know. The spurs are there to hold help you hold you on. Yeah. And- it's funny to say, but if you, I bet you, you could get by riding a bucking horse by like not grabbing them with your feet. If they stayed in one spot, like, and the odds of that happening are zero to none every time, because these horses are so unpredictable. You, <laughs> they're so wild. You don't, you don't even know if you're going over the fence or not, but yeah, like whenever I put a pair of spurs on and all my boots, it's, there's a rowl end to it. And I could go grab that. If you guys wouldn't mind waiting for a second. I can show you guys a spur. We we don't do any videos, so wouldn't uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so, we know. So what do you do? Do you just like angle your feet with the spurs? Explain yeah. how the spur holds on to them. All right. So whenever I put my hand in my rigging, obviously that's my first base. Is I'm gonna be hanging on my suitcase handle with my uh, titted leather glove. And one of my hands in there, I'm going to slide up on this horse real nice and delightful just to not make him angry. And <laughs> whenever I'm under that rigging, I'm going to get my feet up just by that rigging handle. So whenever I get my feet up by that rigging handle, I want right away, I want to be in a position to not cheap shot this horse, but I want to be closer to my goal, which is his neck with my feet. So whenever 
my feet go up. I want him to be right in his neck. And I, there's a sweet spot in every horse's neck or a ridge line that you could see when they're eating food. And my feet right off their neck, I want it to be right in that ridge line if I could show you right now. And it kind of just looks like this. I've been doing it for about five seconds now. But <laughs> so, yeah, so whenever you, it's funny to say, but everything's like all the mechanics that I'm using are pulling that horse and helping her flash, if that makes sense. Or that's the end goal is to make her butt carter or stoke her up or make her fire go whichever way. Yeah. And uh, so you're almost laying down on the horse. Yep. So whenever I mark them out, I will set them in the neck and I will turn my toes out because I want to grab her with my full spur. And I want her to, you know, I want her to perform the, the best she can. And whenever she leaves there, it's funny to say, but my body is like, whenever I grab with my feet and those spurs, uh, the horse takes me and it's like almost crazy how it works, but you can feel her like juicing up with your feet. (laughs) (laughs) You're going, that's what spurs do in my opinion. You keep mentioning her is a lot of the horses, uh, a female. Oh yeah. I just, I just, that's how I am. I was just called a horse. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if many were like, I know nothing. So I didn't know if, if most of them were female or male, or I guess they can all be mad and angry and (laughs) have power. Yeah. The, the thing with that, I've, I figured this too, is that you need to use your feet in the bareback riding. There's no way there's, holy cow. It's just in every side of riding bucking horses too, I've seen is, a lot of these guys you know they got big arms they can just hang on and me i was never like that i had to use my mechanics like right off the rip i wasn't naturally big or tough so i paid attention to the mechanics and i found out that those spurs in my opinion are the lead to like making every ride possible or you know that rig and handle as a bareback rider obviously but i love it because it i I also got to say this about the the spurs is, you know, a lot of people think it hurts those horses. I might as well just leave that out there in case someone decides to watch this and, you know, say that we hurt horses. I believe that them, them spurs are actually making them horses stronger. And um, my opinion, that's athletes. I just put that there just in case people say something about my spur talk said they those horses get treated better than we do as riders they they will they can take it i promise <laughs> yeah i i've seen uh like you know videos of how well like you know the bulls and the the horses that are you know it within and around rodeo because i mean I, some of those like if they're you know a pro level horse or pro level bull they're worth a lot of money at the same time so you know they they're treated extremely well yeah and them them things about them bulls and horses is just crazy to say this to you but like you'd be surprised like just how you know delicate some of them are and that how like yeah you can tell how well mannered some of them are but this it's a wild animal you know you can't ask it to be nice or not bite I hated that, you know, his first, first original look when most people even go to rodeo, they're like, mom, I want to go pet that big bull. Like what? Like, yeah. So, yeah. so when you're sitting in, is, do they call it the shoot or the gate? What is it? The shoot? Yeah. The buck and shoots. Um, 
Um, whenever I'm getting on a horse, uh, yeah, the bucket shoots are the, the base home. Whenever you start, you're getting on. What, what goes through your mind when you're in there getting ready for him to open the gate? Oh, right. Well, this, this is crazy, but over the whole ride of riding bucking horses, since I started is mentally, I learned a lot, surprisingly, like it always felt like a mind game because you think you're getting it figured out and then you don't got it figured out anymore, like at all. And by that, I mean like one horse, you know, you're doing great and you did it all. And maybe you go and do that at a couple more rodeos. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just having a bad day and uh, you get on a bucking horse and it's, you don't even remember how to do it. Like you don't even remember what you're doing there. Your mind's empty. But uh, me, whenever I'm behind the bucking shoots and I'm, and this is crazy to say, but it's right whenever I'm pulling all my, when all the animals and everything are just being moved into the bucking shoots is where I'm kind of starting my process, you know, to be in that shoot. I like hearing that banging sound, you know, like it reminds me that this is, this is going to happen soon. That big animals are by and that right there, I'm getting myself just breathing, my breathing down to earth because yeah, I hear the big animals. I want to get down to earth. And when they come in, that's right there. I'm pulling my rig in and instantly I'm thinking, I want to perform just as great as this horse does. Because right off the rip, you're taking a draw. You're taking a gamble. You just got to hope that you, you know, you drew something great or good or something that's going to teach you something at the end. And, uh, well, right as I'm pulling that rigging on it, <laughs> it's, it's real. It's like my mind goes blank and, uh, I'm feeling everything again. And well, rodeo will probably go on and usually per se your gunner and you're first up and that putting that glove on is where I, where I, I shut it all out mentally. And I, all I'm thinking about is setting like, just, this is going to sound so funny, but like, I want to be right in, right in that black moment. I just, I want to feel nothing but madness. <laughs> like, I don't know. I want to think like all those, I want to think about everything wild I've ever done. And I just want to put it into that moment in a way and tune my feelings to handle like a big, a big load of adrenaline. And I want to, I want to have just as much adrenaline whenever this horse leaves there to mentally like, grab her when she leaves and whatnot i i don't know how to explain it but it gets me going whenever i put my glove on and i'm just cheesing down at my horse and i'm about to get on her and well yeah like i said whenever i get down on the horse and everything's black right away i'm thinking this is this is a boxing match you're gonna go fight for eight seconds and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try as hard as you can to like make it to the other end of the arena that's how i see it and uh when they leave there I'm yeah, it's doing it. I'm probably fighting as hard as I possibly can to just bite down <laughs> and get, up, get after this thing. It's crazy that you say you want the horse to perform too. Do you feel it like it peace at one with the horse? Uh, because I, I'm sure the horse can sense your, your emotions, your adrenaline. How do you, how do you, I don't know how to ask this question. So you're talking about, you know, when you're getting all ready to go, you're doing your breathing. Do you like have to prepare before you get on that horse? Cause I'm sure once you put your leg over that horse, 
it knows something's going on. It's already in a shoot. It's loud. Yeah, so but you want this horse to perform. So how do you become one with the horse? I guess my that's my question. <laughs> this is crazy for me. And it, this is like its own deal, actually, now that you say that, because there's so much like and I love it when you guys ask questions because it helps me a little bit. But uh the whenever you're putting your rigging on a horse, that's where you can kind of sense what your horse is gonna be about. Is uh you you can tell right away, you know, they're probably more antsier than the rest, or they're a little bit bigger or heavy set or and from right there, you know, I, that's where I do my petting them up uh, right off the rip. Um, I'll, I'll pet them up and make see what they're about. Just like a human being, you know, it's like shaking a horse's hand. It's like, uh, are they going to wasp away from you? Are they not going to look at you? Like, how does this horse act? And as a horseman, in my head, is just, that's how you need to view it, is you're about to get on a wild animal. The least you can do is make sure he's calm enough to leave there. But because that buck and shoot is a really dangerous place to be. And with a big animal, you know, they can jump straight forward, straight up in the air. And if they feel like it, then, uh, they can crush you that day. So whenever I'm feeling a horse, I, I'm feeling for, you can kind of sense their energy because they're antsy. You run your, well, I run my hand down their back and it's like, they're here and they know they're calm. I'm, I'm setting the pace for them that, yeah, like I'm, I'm calm. And for some reason it makes me smile because I pet them so softly that I'm like, man, I'm going to beat the crap out of you here in two seconds with some spur. <laughs> <laughs> you for a ride and you're taking me for a ride. Yep. And that's, that's well, <laughs> um, did I, oh, I'm sorry about that. My little, that's all good. Up and up. <laughs> I don't know how to use well, this. Uh, so what, uh, we usually ask our, guess a couple questions you've already answered the gear question um so another question we always ask is who should we have on our podcast next we're trying to grow our platform um who do you look up to or who's mentored you or who would just be a good conversation it doesn't have to be rodeo doesn't have to be can be whatever you'd like uh, we're open to any conversation so the, the person that i'd really like you guys to get invested with because he does not talk about himself at all but and this is this the guy that i've learned from these past couple of years is steven DeWolf as the infr world champion and uh he's <laughs> yeah he's he's a hand in like the rodeo community mentally everything is you know when i went to work with him he's he keeps up with his p's and q's he's like an uppity guy that showed me you know that you can do anything and Kelly Timmerman, if you guys even wanted, if you could get him out here, I don't know if he is. Kelly Timmerman has been a big influence in my life. And it's almost insane because those guys both taught me, you know, the, to do it better, but also stay strong throughout all these bucking horses that, you know, put you through strain or, you know, make you think you're not going to be riding them anymore, whatever it is nowadays. But yeah, those are my those are my main those are my main fellas. <laughs> Sweet, we'll have to hit them up. Well, thank you for coming on. We like we want to give you the floor and uh, let know people where they can follow you at, follow your adventure. It's gonna be really cool to follow you going to college and doing that thing, and now you're, just, you know, taking another step in the pro pro life, I guess you call it. So, uh, give yourself a shout out, people you want to shout out, and where people can find you, social media or whatever. 
uh, Facebook and Instagram, Reigns Provost. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got. And thank you guys so much for having me. It was great talking to you guys about my story a little bit, getting it out there. I hope to bring light to this one day and be like, I remember the first time I did a podcast. And it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be a well, you'll be like a real um, a big pro making making those hundred thousand dollar buckles and you'll be like yeah, I heard so. that one time <laughs> that's a right there if i don't that's the end of it right there <laughs> when those runners showed us their buckles and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those tiny little buckles those runners showed us <laughs> well thanks man it's been an awesome conversation i learned a lot um like i said i didn't know nothing i feel like i've left with knowing some about bear bronc riding anyways so now I'll probably go down the rabbit hole and learn some more. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm, I wish I was greater at these, but thank you guys so much for having me. This was awesome, in my opinion. Hey, we're still new at this, so we're still learning the ropes, too. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Thanks again. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced and edited by Backbeat Sound. Come and find us on Instagram at BackbeatSound1776 or email us at BackbeatSound1776 at gmail.com.